Hey, don't go anywhere. You just plugged into another edition of the Santa Barbara Mac User Group Podcast. Okay, here we go. This is it. This is uh, the May edition of the SB Mug, the Santa Barbara Mac User Group Podcast for 2008. And today, uh, it's myself, Harold Adams. I'm also here with Brian Carlin. Say hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. And hey, Ian Lessing is here, too. Yeah, and Ian Lessing. So all three of us, uh, we're going to be trying to do these shows on a monthly basis, and we're excited to have them in iTunes, and we're going to be linking them up to the SB Mug website. So actually, right now is a good time. Brian, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on with the SB Mug and what are some of the upcoming things we have planned. Well, as I understand it, um we will have uh, the general meeting on the third Thursday. Uh, we'll have uh, geniuses from the Genius Bar at the Apple Store from Thousand Oaks visit, and they're going to talk about .Mac accounts and maybe iDisk and uploading and uh, sharing and all that kind of stuff. Um, the cool thing about .Mac accounts, uh, my favorite feature is Web Gallery, and uh, that uh, includes um, sharing movies and photo slideshows on uh, the Internet. And uh, now you can download and watch those on your Apple TV. So that's kind of cool. The other thing I wanted to say was that uh, uh, .Mac accounts will have a 60-day uh, trial period. So uh, all of you who are coming to the meeting, you should uh, maybe get a free 60-day trial just to see what's mm -hmm. happening there and then uh, come come visit us on the third Thursday. Um, the, the SIGs are uh, the same schedule as before. On the first Tuesday at the Mac Mechanics Store, uh, we'll have Dale Loudermilk uh, teaching the beginner SIG. And the second Tuesday, we'll have um, Harold uh, teaching, uh, what do you call that SIG, Harold? Oh, uh, it's a digital <laughs> Mac, kind of an iLife thing with media, music, movies, that kind of stuff. There you go, that digital iLife uh, beginner Mac uh, SIG. Okay, that's the second Tuesday. And on the fourth Tuesday, uh, Brian will be back, and we'll talk about more advanced, way out there, uh, advanced uh, topics. And uh, But everybody's welcome. Uh, just beware that it's uh, it's an advanced class. So um, so that's, that's the schedule for the month. Okay, that sounds good. Um, I'm going to jump in right now and say that uh, we also have a Photoshop. Um, I think a main meeting is going to include some Photoshop uh, how-to and training and that kind of thing. And then also in the summer, it looks like we're going to have a meeting with Chris Breen, and he's the, uh, the editor-in-chief of Macworld. So I think we're still trying to sort some details out there. But everyone who's listening, uh, for all that kind of information, you can go to sbmug.org. You can get all of our calendar stuff. You can join our mail list and so many other things that are going on with the Santa Barbara Mac user group. So definitely we'd love to have more members, and that'll be great. And take a look around on the website. You might even be able to find a picture of the voices you're hearing now. There you go. Okay. Oh, do, they, do they want to see that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's questionable, but we'll give them a chance. Okay. So um, I'm going to jump in with a couple of topics, and one of them is just kind of right off the top is uh, – I know, Brian, this is near and dear to Brian's heart right here, is that Apple's stock price has just been on a tear, and it's really coming on strong, and 
recovering from a, a bad uh, winter spell when a lot of the stocks took a hit, and they just had a quarterly report that looked so good, and they're selling great numbers and really moving into a greater market share, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Oh, well, it's all looking pretty healthy right now, that's for sure. I, the the max sales were especially um, especially uh, interesting to me because um, – the MAC uh, not only increased uh, 54% by revenue from last year, but also it now represents something like 22% of the of the whole entire uh, computer PC hardware market. They're so, really uh, taking off. I mean, it's really incredible. I got a call from my uncle today who lives in Michigan, and he has been on a PC since he started with computers, and he's got himself a new iMac. Wow. Oh, excellent. There you go. That's really good. It does seem that a lot of people are doing that. That news that we heard also, uh, this is kind of a side note on that, is that I heard that IBM is now having some pilot project where they're having one of their internal departments switch over to all Macintoshes. And you know Bill Gates has got to be thinking twice about that deal. He's shaking in his boots, I'm sure. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Okay. Mac, is it going to creep up and get like what five, six, seven percent of market share, maybe? Yeah, they're they're moving in that direction. They're definitely coming on strong. Um, to kind of take that that topic and just move it along a little more local, it looks like Santa Barbara is going to get its own uh, Apple Store, and uh, the Pier One location that we've we've heard so much about, and it's been on, it's been off, and Apple's been trying for years to find the right location. It looks like they're going to be making that happen down there by Paseo Nuevo and Carrillo and right there on State Street. And uh, I think it's still in the rumor stages, but it looks pretty solid. They're advertising for jobs and that kind of thing. So what do you guys think about that, Ian? What do you, what do you think? Well, there's, it'll, be, it'll be nice if there's an Apple store here. I mean, that just lends prestige to, to Apple and to Santa Barbara, I think. But um, it's not officially announced yet, so I, we are just – in the rumor stage, like you said, right? Uh, but right. evidence is strong. I mean, if they're offering jobs, you know, they want they want to hire, hire Mac Genius. That's pretty strong. Sure. Well, the, yeah. Well, the um, the Apple opened uh, four new stores last quarter. They have something like 208 stores, and uh, this one is strange because the average store size is 4,000 square feet of space. And this uh, building they're occupying is 15,000 square feet of space, That's almost huge. four times an average store. So uh, I, I would just wonder what they have planned for that. That's going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, they'll probably have to break it, break it out in some way, or that is a lot of space, maybe overkill. I, I think they should set up a nice big area in there where they could get some of those Mindstorm robots and have them fighting each other like on that show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All controlled by Max, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Max versus PC uh, robot uh, deal. Okay. Who invited Ian to be on this show? <laughs> yeah. No, Ian, Ian gave me an idea for another topic I'll throw out here right now, which is that um, I saw, I was looking at a couple of rumor sites today, which I do from time to time, which will probably help us have interesting things to talk about as we go through these shows. Um, one thing is that it's looking kind of certain that there might be an iMac refresh even as soon as this next week. What do you think, Ian? 
a refresh? You mean they're going to come out with new iMacs? Well, I don't know. Probably maybe faster chips. Uh, I don't yeah. know how how are you going to improve the design. I don't know. It's pretty solid these days. Yeah, I I got an, uh, a 24 inch iMac last December, and it's, I'm really delighted with it. Um, yeah, me too. If they're going to release something new, that's, I'm going to be out of date already. <laughs> well, Brian's the one who's going to step up and get that new iMac. Uh, that could happen, yes. I'll have to wait to see what happens. You you, you say Tuesday is the day they really announce those kind of things, so uh, we'll be watching this week. Yeah, they seem to do announcements of new products on Tuesdays, but they, they do them on other days, too. We'll see. This this week will be interesting. In fact, this is an interesting time period for, for Apple in 2008 with June looming and all the iPhone stuff, of course, coming up. Um, before I go on, I've got a few more topics. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, just a just a quick one. Uh, how about uh, how about IBM trying out uh, uh, about 100 employees are trying out Macintoshes on IBM's network, and uh, they may be thinking about phasing out some of their Windows machines. That's incredible. I mean, that's this is historic. IBM, the inventor of the IBM PC. Yeah, I think what I was reading is they would like to get away from a Windows stranglehold, and they feel really good about a Mac that can actually run Linux and the Mac and can, in a virtual space, can also run Windows, like Windows XP or, or Vista, if you dare. <laughs> so um, I think that they see a Mac alternative as a real strong, uh, flexible player, I guess you could say. And they have a pretty strong commitment to Linux, so I'm... Um Kind of uh, not surprised that they would want to bring in some some alternative hardware and run different forms of Linux and right. Uh, you know, the Apple Mac has you know, got BSD underneath, so BSD and Linux are very similar. I mean, yeah. Don't say that to a, a real Unix head, but to to civilians, they look very similar. Right, right. Well, it's good to it's good to have options. I think IBM sees that. And they, they're looking strong at that. Well, and the durability of the hardware has got to be a factor for them. You know, okay. From what, all, all that I've heard, Windows PCs just break a little too often. Right. Right. Um, you know, I was. It's it's funny. Uh, Apple just had their quarterly announcements on. Um, when was it? Like this last Wednesday, Brian? Is that right? Was yes, Wednesday? that's correct. And um, you know, they they I listened to it. I think you heard it too, Brian. They they put a good spin on all their numbers and everything, and, and it does look like they're maintaining a pretty strong sale of iPods, or at least kind of keeping up with the, the track they set for themselves. But they were kind of elusive about how much sales they've had with this new MacBook Air, the real uh, thin, light laptop. And I was just reading an article that was digging a little deeper into where Apple's at with that, and uh, it's still up in the air, haha, as to whether... They're selling a, a, a nice quantity of that machine. What do you guys think? It's got to be it's got to be a little bit slim. I mean, that's a real expensive machine, and uh, I agree. Doesn't, it doesn't have the performance of, of their other laptop line. I think it was a great engineering project, and I think they they really did something uh, very interesting there. I consider it a big downgrade from my MacBook Pros. So I'm going to stay with the pros, but uh, I do admire what they did there for for engineering. Yeah, definitely, it's quite an amazing machine. And once you pick one up, if you haven't picked one up yet, go pick it up and just 
marvel at how light and easy it is. I mean, talk about mobile computing. Whew. It's light. true. It's true. It is really light, and it is uh, a great engineering feat. If you travel a lot, if, if you're, you know, if you're moving around on your bicycle or public transport, and you're carrying a MacBook Pro and you have the money, I would definitely consider the MacBook Air. Yeah. Probably none of us do enough traveling to, to appreciate it like someone who does travel a lot would. Right. It's hard to get excited about a laptop that weighs three pounds instead of five pounds or, or that kind of thing when you don't do a lot of traveling. But if you do, it could make a real difference. So, okay. Somebody else throwing out there. Screen sharing. Oh, yeah. Oh, what about I that? I love screen sharing. <laughs> it, it's got to be one of the best new features I've heard. I don't know how many of our listeners will be still on Tiger, but Leopard has this thing called screen sharing, and it just lets you very easily connect with a remote user and control their their desktop and move things around. You can copy files. You can, um, basically, just it's like having a second de desktop on the remote computer. I just used it today with my sister who's in Chicago, and I was able to help her out with some stuff she was she was problems she had, and just made the whole experience ten times easier. If you've ever been the sort of support person for your family, where you you know they call you up and say, oh, you know, this and this is wrong, screen sharing makes that a lot easier. You can go in and talk to them while you're moving stuff around on their desktop and show them what you're doing, and they just it, first of all the wow factor is great. They're like, oh my god, he's controlling me, and then. <laughs> When you actually are able to fix something in about half the time it would take to to walk them through it, you know, sort of talk them through it, yeah, that's that's golden. Wow, that does sound good. Now, so you don't have to call them on the phone. You can actually be talking to them through iChat and sharing their screen at the same time. Exactly. Wow. Yes. In fact, that's how you're supposed to do it. So it's it's excellent. What about bandwidth? Well, it's like it's like doing a video uh, iChat session or something like that. It's about the same bandwidth. Okay. So you, you, they've got to be on broadband. It's not going to work over dial-up. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think just about anything we do these days works over dial-up. That's true. <laughs> in fact, if anyone out in the audience that's hearing this has dial-up, then you better you better think about that. <laughs> you better you better upgrade pretty quick. There you go. So um, another thing I wrote down is um, Apple just bought a company called PA Semi. They're a chip designer, and I I, I don't quite know what their intentions are with that. Uh, what does this mean for their future with Intel? Apple's saying that you know they love Intel and that's that relationship isn't going anywhere and that's got to be the case. But they bought some kind of a boutique chip designer and are are they planning on doing specialized chips for iPods and iPhones? I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I don't understand the, the technical underpinnings of that, Brian. Do you do you understand what the how the well, PA chip is different than the Intel chip? Oh yes. Uh, the only thing I understand about this is that the the this new company has a power PC chip. So it's not Intel, it's the old kind like the G4, G5 chips. But they've uh, come out with a breakthrough and they make the chips run faster and cooler. 
So now I don't think they're going to use these on uh, Macintoshes. I, I don't think they'll ever go back. I think they're going to go Intel for Macs. But um, maybe iPhones and maybe future products could be uh, using these uh, PowerPC chips. It's well, doesn't that imply that, that Mac OS is still being developed to run on PowerPC chips? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes, yes, of course, or some subset of OS X. For example, the iPhone runs OS X. Right. Yeah, yeah, and so really, if Apple has maintained a policy of building OS X to, to, to work in harmony with either a PowerPC chip or an Intel chip, and if they keep that going down the road, then whatever developments might come out of either chip design, they're kind of ready to move in a good direction either way. It's very flexible. But who made their chips before? It wasn't PowerPC chips weren't made by this PA company before, were they? No, they were made by IBM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think when when the PowerPC chip was first introduced, it was built in a joint venture with um, Apple and IBM, and it, it might have been Motorola. The PowerPC chip was kind of a, a joint venture when it first got going, but IBM became kind of the parent of the whole thing and, and did the production and, and that kind of thing. So, there you go. I okay, almost sound plus, like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, plus I think they wanted to uh, raid that company for the engineering talent they had. Uh, oh, there we go. So much for the product. If you can't recruit them away, just buy the company. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And now, on that note, listen, this, la this last little blurb I wrote down here that I just read about that company is that Apple's running into a little last-minute snag with the purchase of this PA Semi chip design company because they have some Department of Defense contracts, and there's issues of them, like, stopping all that they do and now being kind of owned by Apple and working with Apple. And so I guess the government wants to keep these guys cranking it out for some other stuff. So there's some weird soap opera going on in the tech world on that deal. Well, if they can just throw a few iPhones to those defense contractor bosses, then that'll take care of it. <laughs> okay. Okay, that sounds good. So, okay, so you mentioned the iPhone. Um, here we go into June. Obviously, anyone who's listening to this, and I know the three of us have talked about it a lot, um, I, I'm seeing tons of rumors and, and people finding bits of code in the latest SDK, the developer, the developer kit for the iPhone, includes some code lines that actually uh, reference a 3G iPhone. So it's all but a certainty that they're going to be coming out with a 3G iPhone in June. And um, what do you guys think about that? What are the features you're dying to see on that 3G iPhone? Well, the rumor I heard was uh, GPS on the iPhone and just a little thicker than the current iPhone. And if that's so, then i got to have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, th I'll take your old one, Brian. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, a GPS would be great on the iPhone. The current, the current thing they have with Google Maps and the way that it can sort of, you are here, locate you, and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I, I think there's more work to be done to make that real simple, and you just flip it, and it, it's, it's be easier to tell you where you want to go and that kind of thing. So with a GPS in the iPhone, that would become much more accurate and and ubiquitous, right? Yes. Yes, yes. More like and Brian's got Brian's got the uh the info babe that tells him where he's going when he's driving here and there. He's got a great GPS in his car. 
Yeah, that but that would be nice on the. But I had to put her into non-nag mode, so that was <laughs> that was a project. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I hope they don't have her on the iPhone. I don't want anybody nagging me in my pocket. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so how much faster will a 3G iPhone be than the current Edge network iPhone? Well, um, I'll jump in. Um, I, I think that's obviously going to depend a lot on the kind of content you're accessing. Brian, Brian and I have talked about some of that before. And the uh, if you're just trying to pull up Google Maps or if you're just maybe taking a photo and sending it out over the email, you know, a, a, an iPhone photo, um, light use of the Internet in a, in a semi, you know, once in a while capacity seems to be done well over Edge. But if you go to bigger websites and you go there with more frequency, then you're probably going to wish for more speed and 3G might be the way to go. So that's going to be kind of we'll have to see how it plays out. Oh, I think we lost Brian. I think this is the end of it. Oh. Brian, are you there? No, we lost Brian. Oh, we've got to close this out, Harold. Are we going to wrap it up here? I think we better. Time's up. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and say goodbye on this one, but um, this has been a uh, Santa Barbara Mac User Group podcast. This is our May episode, and we're sure happy everyone uh, was able to listen, and we'll be doing this about once a month, so stay tuned for future episodes, and we're going to say goodbye to everyone, so that's it. We're out from the Santa Barbara Mac User Group. See you next time. Bye-bye. Okay.